Hello and welcome to the Rugby Gods podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai harimai. Today is September 3rd and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, this is a little bit of a special one for me. It's a Thursday. Uh, I'm able to have a little bit of free time, uh, unexpected free time, which is great. Uh, and it's like team naming Thursday for the North-South Clash. The New Zealand North Island versus the New Zealand South Island. So pretty excited uh, as a New Zealander. Uh, and just hopefully, I, I just really genuinely hope that the rugby world is excited for this one because I think it's going to be a, you know, a fantastic um, spectacle. It's going to be a, a fantastic event. Uh, I, don't, I don't exactly just game, I guess, match. Um, and hopefully it's just not a one-off. Hopefully this really does get bedded in uh, in the future, uh, especially because you know it's had to be moved from Auckland now down to Wellington, and it will be played uh, in front of nobody or at an empty stadium uh, in Wellington. So yeah, I really hope that like you know from uh, next year on, this is like a major sort of non-negotiable in a like an All Blacks or a New Zealand rugby calendar, um, and that you know this can definitely be done after some sort of uh, super rugby competition that is had or held uh, in 2021. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Hopefully it's the start of, um, you know, basically renewing this history, uh, renewing, you know, this uh, fantastic competition um, or event. Again, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, it's just a, it's just a one-off game, right? Um, I don't think it should be anything more than that. I don't think it really should be a series or anything like that. I think it should be sort of treated sort of uh, barbarians-esque, if you will, uh, you know, with both teams really coming to play and play hard, but also coming with um, quite a lot of, like, you know, goodwill and camaraderie and, um, you know, really just treating it sort of like an extremely serious, you know, high-stakes uh, in-house game, if you will, you know, an all-black trial, I guess. Um, yeah, so let's move it on uh, from that, and it's a, a bit of my thinking around a bit around it, and yeah, I just really hope that you're interested in it too, even if you're a neutral and or a non-New Zealander, I think it's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, I guess one more thing that I am a little bit disappointed about is the rugby pass, which I use a lot uh, here in Taiwan to watch uh, a lot of different rugby or a lot of different rugby competitions, both, uh, you know, club rugby. Uh, or, you know, like super level slash club rugby, first class rugby, uh, and international rugby. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to have been able to pick up this north-south match from uh, Sky Sports or whoever has the rights. So that's a little bit disappointing. It's definitely going to um, mean that there's a lot of people in the world that really can't access uh, this game live, which I think is a little bit disappointing by uh, New Zealand rugby. Um, hopefully I'm wrong about that, but uh, a day or two ago I did check uh, my rugby pass anyway, uh, based coming out of, like, say, uh, Taiwan, uh, and there was no access to the game. Um, and, yeah, you know, like, I think that's definitely something for the future as well. New Zealand rugby, you know, really needs to make sure that this is a centerpiece match. Um, you know, it's a, a really, like, should be a very fitting sort of, like, representative match to finish um, a super rugby competition for New Zealand players. Uh, and, you know, it really needs to be broadcast uh, all around the world, I feel. Um, so, yeah, enough of that. Let's move on to what's going on, which is, like, the reality of the game, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, both teams have been named today, that being, you know, uh, Thursday, September 3rd. Uh, so I'm just going to go through the, the teams. Uh, obviously, you can find the team naming, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, if you just follow rugby media, it's going to be everywhere. 
but I'm just going to go through the teams. <clears throat> uh, I think I'll go sort of like uh, in units, if you will. So I think I'll announce uh, the North Island by, you know, one to five, so basically the type five. Uh, then I will do uh, the South Islands 1 to 5. Uh, then we'll come back and we'll have a look at uh, the back row, so 6, 7, 8. Uh, and then we'll have a look at the halves, we'll have a look at the midfield, and we'll have a look at the back three. Uh, I think that's the best way of sort of pairing up or like, you know, looking at like who is taking on who as such. Because that really is kind of what this game is about. It's the matchups, the individual matchups. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, first and foremost, obviously, it's a game of rugby, which is uh, an incredibly complex, uh, you know, team sport or team game. But this really does have a lot of mouth-watering matchups, and it is sort of being flagged as an All Blacks trial, uh, because All Blacks coach Ian Foster will name his All Blacks squad on Sunday, uh, like the Sunday after the match. Now, I'm not exactly sure... Uh, what that squad will be announced for. Uh, I'm, I think he, maybe he's just doing it because, again, he wants to kind of set a precedent as in, like, next year maybe there really will be um, a test series or a competition for the All Blacks to, you know, continue on and play in. Uh, whereas this year, I don't really feel like the All Blacks have too much on the horizon uh, as yet. Perhaps they've got two uh, Bledisloe Cup matches against Australia, I think, in, like, mid-October. But you are talking about, you know, six weeks away from now. Uh, and I believe all the All Blacks will be involved uh, for at least three or four rounds um, of the Mitre 10 Cup, like New Zealand's provincial, like first-class provincial competition. So you would have to kind of think that, you know, with three or four games for All Blacks, but also, you know, peripheral All Blacks slash Super Rugby players, uh, you know, to state their case, Hopefully there will be a more sort of official All Blacks team naming a little bit closer to those uh, Bledisloe Cup matches in October. That would be my hope anyway. Uh, otherwise it, it seems a little bit redundant to then, you know, release the All Blacks and or everybody who's involved in this North-South fixture to then go and play, you know, in uh, the NPC, the National Provincial Competition, the Mitre 10 Cup, uh, and it be meaningless, i.e., you know, the All Blacks are already picked. That would be a little bit crazy. Uh, or in my opinion. So yeah, hopefully Ian Foster is just sort of um, doing this in terms of like setting a precedent as in like we're going to have this North-South match every year and I'm going to name an All Blacks team, you know, which will be good to go and play, you know, international competition, you know, two weeks, two weeks or three weeks from now, if you know what I mean, uh, in a, say, a more settled, more normal year. So yeah, uh, enough preamble there, I think, uh, sort of like a double preamble from me, uh, pretty impressive. Uh, sorry, apologies, I do like to ramble a little bit with these podcasts. But yeah, let's get into it. Like I said, going to go uh, 1 to 5, the tight 5, uh, then I'm going to go 6 to 8, the loose forwards, I'm going to go 9, 10, the halves, 12, 13, the centres or the midfield, and then you know, 11, 14 and 15, the back three, uh, and compare basically uh, the north and the south and what they've got. Uh, obviously, also, I'll go into the uh, replacements as well, uh, or the reserves. So let's start it off with the north, uh, and let's have a look at the forwards. So the front row for the north is 1, Kao Tuanukiafe, 2, Asafa Amor, 3, Ofatunga Fase. So yes, uh, maybe I'll just keep going. Uh, the locks, 4, Patrick Tuipalotu and Captain, 5, Tupu Vai. Uh, so that is the North's uh, Type 5, 1 to 5. Let's have a look at the South. 
So for the South, uh, their forwards are 1. Joe Moody, 2. Cody Taylor, 3. Nepo Laulala, 4. Sam Whitelock and captain, and 5. Mitchell Dunche. So yeah, uh, two pretty good type fives there. Um, I think what I'll do is, yeah, I'll name those and then I'll also uh, give you my opinion as to uh, who do I think is sort of better. Uh, again, I'm basically looking at the individual matchups and I'm just, you know, basically ranking a player. I'm giving them a one or a zero and or um, a 0.5 if I think it's basically a, a scratching or, you know, like it's, it's an equal. Uh, you know, like basically there's, there's nothing separating the two players. Uh, so for me, um, I'm going to go with the South there. I feel like uh, the South has a better type 5 there. Um, you know, if you go and have a look at that uh, front row there of uh, Joe Moody, Cody Taylor and Nepo Laulala, I mean, that's, that's just high quality. Um, you back that up with Sam Whitelock at 4 and captain, uh, and then Mitchell Dunche who he's been playing the bulk of uh, Super Rugby with at the Crusaders. Uh, and, you know, it must be said there's four of five names there are Crusaders, uh, and Nepo Laulala used to play for the Crusaders. So there's a huge amount of uh, continuity there, uh, and there's a huge amount of uh, all the players knowing each other. All the players knowing each other are from uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, all the players knowing each other from uh, Super Rugby in the past uh, and also obviously All Blacks uh, from the past as well, or All Blacks squads from the past. So, you know, it, it really is high quality. I mean, you've got four All Blacks there, pretty good to go All Blacks. Um, certainly, I think, three first choice ones uh, in Joe Moody, Cody Taylor and Sam Whitelock. Uh, Nepo Lalala, I mean, he would be in my All Blacks 23 for sure. Uh, and then Mitchell Dunche, well, you know, he's a hat tip to youth. I talked about him a little bit as to why I would actually even pick him in an All Black squad. Um, like, uh, well, I picked him basically in, an, in my North-South uh, 23, uh, which is the podcast I did a couple of days ago. The reason I did that was I basically, uh, I was deciding, would you go with Mitchell Dunche? Would you go with um, Scott Scrafton? Uh, and I went with Mitchell Dunche for youth. And, you know, he's getting the nod or he's getting the start uh, for the South. Whereas uh, Scott Grafton is actually on the bench for the North. So yeah, there you go. Uh, if we do have a look over at the North, um, you know, Kao Tunukiafe, Asafa Omoa and Ofatonga Fasi. I mean, that's a very high quality uh, front row as well. Uh, but I don't think it has anywhere near as much experience and maybe just not even as much form, uh, you'd have to say, uh, as the front row that they're opposing uh, down South or in the South. Uh, and then, you know, their, uh, their locks, uh, Patrick Tupelotu as captain, fair enough, uh, and obviously a lock-in pick, uh, but Tupu Vai. Now, I really feel like Tupu Vai was pretty lucky, and just in my opinion, to actually even be in the North squad, uh, and then I'm very surprised that he's been given the nod to start um, ahead of Scott's Grafton. Uh, I think he played well for the Chiefs this year, but again... Um, I think he got a lot of his minutes due to the fact that, uh, you know, there was, uh, I mean, the Chiefs were missing Brody Retallick, obviously, but also uh, for large periods, uh, Mitch Brown or Mitchell Brown. Um, and, you know, I, I really don't feel like he had his chief spot by merit. Uh, it was, I mean, he, did, he played well. I'm, I'm not knocking him, but I think he's pretty young, and I think he was really just in there to, 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 to fill a spot to do a job. Uh, and I'm very surprised that he was actually picked up by the North 
and then I'm even more surprised that he's getting a start for them, uh, you know, facing up against uh, the Crusaders, essentially the Crusaders starting locking pair uh, in Sam Whitelock and Mitchell Dunshay. So yeah, I think uh, Patrick Tuipilotu as captain uh, and his locking partner is going to have to have a huge game uh, personally, but also uh, just uh, responsibility-wise or just, you know, looking after him and uh, mentoring him there. So, you know, I feel like uh, that's a, a bit of a weakness for the North, uh, Tupu Ava'i uh, in there, uh, starting. Uh, I definitely would have gone with Scott's Grafton. Uh, and I think Kao Tunukiafe is also, he's pretty much there because the New Zealand uh, tight head prop locking stocks are quite low at present. Uh, and I don't really feel like you're picking him on form. You're just picking him on uh, technicality or the, the fact that he's an out-and-out tight head prop uh, and there's a lot of loose head props in the New Zealand game at present uh, and I really don't feel like he played that much or that well uh, for the Blues in Super Rugby Aotearoa so you know I think he's there and fair enough but he's almost there a little bit on reputation uh, whereas Joe Moody is there on you know reputation, class and form if you know what I mean so yeah I definitely um, I'm definitely giving that to uh, the North Oh, sorry, I'm giving that to the South? Is that right? One to five? Did I get that wrong? Sorry, yeah, I'm giving that to the South. Apologies. Uh, I'm getting a little bit confused there. Uh, but, you know, Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Nepo La Lala, and then Sam Whitelock and Mitchell Dunche, Crusaders starting combination, basically, uh, as your locks. I think that's a, a very good type five that's going to do a job, uh, and I think it's better than the North. Uh, so let's move on to the next part, which is the uh, loose forwards. Uh, six, seven, eight for both teams. So let's start with North. Um, the North have gone with Akira Yuane uh, at six, Adi Savier at seven, and Hoskins Tutu at eight. Uh, the South have gone with uh, Shannon Frizzell at six, Tom Christie at seven, and Tom Sanders at eight. So I'm actually going to flip it for this one, and I'm going with the North. I think the North have a better back row there, or a better set of loose forwards at six, seven, eight. Um, you know, I, if we have a look through there again, um, Akira Yuane, a little bit surprised to see him starting six. Uh, I, I would have started him at eight, uh, and you know, perhaps had Hoskins Satutu on the bench, and or maybe not even in the 23, uh, but that's clearly not the thinking. Uh, Adi Saber at 7, obviously that's logical with no Sam Kane, uh, and then Hoskins Satutu at 8, like I've just said. Um, I was impressed with him for sure, but I just don't think he has a huge body of work behind him. He's very young, much like Tupu Va'i. Uh, he uh, didn't actually really get through Super Rugby Aotearoa either. He only really got through about half the competition. So I don't really think he's really got a lot of reputation behind him. Uh, he did have form behind him earlier in the season, but you're now starting to talk about, you know, a month ago, two months ago, since he was, you know, really playing well uh, and, you know, really commanding his position at the Blues at eight. So, yeah, I, re I really feel in the last sort of month, two months, Akira Yuani took over that role and really ran with it and was very good for the Blues. They didn't really miss a beat without uh, Hoskins Satutu, and I think that's in large part thanks to Akira Yuani. So, you know, I, like I've said a couple of times there, I, I would have had um, Akira Ioane starting eight, possibly Hoskins Satutu on the bench, uh, you know, as bench cover, uh, and then obviously Adi Saber at seven, 
which would have given you a spot to fill at six, which I probably would have given to uh, Dalton Papali'i, uh, who is actually on the bench for the North in this match. So, yeah, um, I'm basically, like I just said there, I'm, I'm hat-tipping that one, or I'm, I'm nudging that one to the North, even though I'm uh, not particularly, well, you know, like I'm not exactly in love with Akiriwanis at six and Hoskins Tutu starting, uh, I still think, you know, Ioane, Sabia and Satutu, that's a, a hugely impressive, hugely just, it's just a fantastic, it's a really incredible, you know, back row. Uh, and if you have a look at what they're up against uh, for, from the south, um, you know, Shannon Frizzell, I think, is definitely the standout six uh, in Super Rugby Aotearoa, and he is starting six for the south, which is fair enough. I think Tom Christie at seven will be very honest, he'll do a good job, he deserves to be there. Um, and you know, I think he'll play well and he'll keep Adi Savia honest. But he's, you know, pretty one-dimensional. He is just an out-and-out -out seven. Um, and, I, you know, I think Adi Savia will have his measure. Uh, and then Tom Sanders at eight. I think that's a little bit of a weakness showing there for the South. Um, again, I'm not really sure what they could or should have done to sort of fill that weakness. Um, perhaps you could have gone with Shannon Brazil starting eight. Um, that might have been more useful in terms of you know starting him at eight, and perhaps you could have had Dylan Hunt starting six. Uh, that way you could have gone in with sort of like a double seven sort of strategy for the south, uh, and then obviously had Shannon Fazell as your enforcer from eight rather than six. But I really don't feel like anybody really wants to mess with Shannon Fazell right now, or like you know mess with his position, or even just mess with him as a person on the field because he's just in ridiculously great form. But um, I'm assuming that's why they've just locked him in at six. Uh, and then they've gone a little bit, um, well, experimental and or just maybe just a little bit light at eight with Tom Sanders, uh, just in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's, that'd be that. Uh, let's move it on to the backs uh, and let's have a look at 9-10. So let's have a look at the halves, the halfback and first five, 9-10. So for the north, they've gone with uh, TJ Perinara at nine. Bowden Barrett at 10. Uh, the South have gone with Brad Weber at 9 and Richie Mwanga at 10. So I think you've got to start with the South there. Um, the South has done what they had to do. Um, they don't have a lot of halfback talent to pick from uh, and they're very lucky, very fortunate to be able to call on Brad Weber who got his first class start with Otago but really has played almost his entire career uh, for the Chiefs and Hawke's Bay uh, in the North, in the North Islands and he is a North Island boy as such. Uh, so they're very lucky to have his services uh, from basically a very long time ago when he played, when he first started, first played uh, down in Otago. Uh, and I think they had to definitely go with him uh, as their halfback option. And then obviously Richie Mwanga was a lock in 10. And I think he's just the out and out form class 10 uh, in New Zealand rugby at present. So, you know, no surprises there, fair enough south. Uh, if you have a look at the north though, Starting with TJ Perinara, very interesting to me. Uh, and then obviously starting Bowden Barrett at 10 as well. Uh, so I think, you know, starting Bowden Barrett at 10 is a logical thing to do. You want to see him up against the best, i.e. Richie Mwanga. And you want to see if you can then get the best out of Bowden Barrett as well. So hopefully that, that 10 tussle is going to be titanic and, you know, really creative and interesting and just high, high quality. Uh, and, I, and I kind of feel that, like, both of those players are going to, you know, rise to the occasion, rise to the level, and really compete with each other. 
So I think that's fantastic. That's going to be an awesome matchup. TJ Perinara starting at halfback. Uh, I don't really get it. Um, Aaron Smith is obviously on the bench there. Uh, unless there is some sort of like protocol issue or some sort of injury issue or something to Aaron Smith, which I don't believe there was like up until a day ago, two days ago. Um, I have no idea why you would not be starting Aaron Smith, who I think it's pretty fair to say uh, is probably the best halfback in the world, uh, you know, based on what he did over, you know, the 10 rounds of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, he was just absolutely incredible. Uh, and I don't really feel like he's particularly well suited to that finishing role in terms of he's more of a starting halfback that you want to give, you know, 55, 60, 65 minutes to. Uh, and I feel like TJ Perinara, I guess also, um, you know, locks down nine at the Hurricanes, locks down halfback at the Hurricanes, pretty much always starts, co-captain, maybe even you could argue the lead captain, certainly this year, uh, with Coles being injured so much. Um, so, you know, he's also a starting half, but, you know, most of his All Black career has been, you know, as a squad All Black, uh, not even playing and or coming off the bench. So I think he would be better suited more, it would be more understandable or just uh, maybe a little bit more in his skill set to, you know, play the, the final, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes after, um, you know, Aaron Smith has gotten through, you know, the first sort of hour of the game. So, yeah, a little bit of a head-scratcher to me as to why TJ Perinara would be given the nod. Um, again, I guess maybe it's also a hat tip to Bowden Barrett or uh, a little bit of an insurance policy. The fact that Perinara and Barrett played for so long together at the Hurricanes up until last year. They were basically, you know, your 9-10 lock, lock-in pick for the Hurricanes for probably, what, seven or eight seasons. So they've played a huge amount of rugby together. And they've played a huge amount of that rugby in Wellington, uh, you know, at the Cape Town or at, you know, Wellington's stadium. I believe they call it Sky Stadium now. So maybe it's just a familiarity thing. The fact that, you know, Perinara and Barrett together is a great combination or, you know, a very established combination, uh, even if they didn't play this year together. Uh, and then obviously both of them have just played a huge amount of rugby uh, at Wellington's stadium as well, where the game will be played. I don't know, maybe that's um, a really inspired sort of tactical pick there. But just in terms of, you know, the actual players, uh, I'm dumbfounded as to how Aaron Smith cannot be starting for the North. Uh, and so, you know, like if I pair it up there, like do I give it to the North, do I give it to the South? Um, for the 9-10s there, um, I'm going to actually still give that to the North. Uh, and the reason I'm giving it to the North is the fact that they've got basically... Uh, Aaron Smith, uh, you know, in the cupboard, uh, you know, and they're going to unleash him, you know, you would have to think with quite big minutes in mind. I don't feel like the South are really planning on, you know, rotating their nine. I think they're going to try and play Brad Webber very deep. Um, they've got Finlay Christie as backup halfback, who, again, I really don't agree with. Um, I don't, again, really feel like he probably... Well, I guess, yeah, maybe because the halfback stocks are so low in the South Island at present, maybe he does deserve a squad place. But I really do feel that Brad Webber and Mitchell Drummond would be would have been uh, or are two better halfbacks uh, than him. So surprised to not see Mitchell Drummond uh, at 21 for the South uh, and coming on to, you know, back up Webber. And that's the kind of role he does for the Crusaders as well. Um, He's very good at coming in on in the second half. 
even quite early in the second half. Uh, and basically, he puts in it, puts on an incredible one-two punch with Bryn Hall for the Crusaders, uh, primarily from that like uh, reserve bench position or like you know backup halfback role. So I'm not really sure why they haven't gone with him to back up Weber. And then obviously you'd have the Drum and Moana, um, you know, combination as well to finish out the game, uh, barring injury. So I think the South have kind of missed the trick there, and perhaps the North have found the trick, if you know what I mean, by starting Perinara and finishing hard, finishing strong, with probably quite big minutes from Aaron Smith uh, in the second half. So, you know, just taking the 9-10 plus 21 uh, as sort of like a group of three, if you will, uh, and then even, I guess, you could extend that out to, you know, Josh Iwane playing 22 and Mitch Hunt playing 23 as a utility 10-15. Um, I do see the North actually kind of edging the South there uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just overall quality and maybe better selections or, you know, better, yeah, basically better selections uh, from the coach as to who's starting and uh, who's on the bench and who's being left out uh, in the case of someone like Mitchell Drummond. So yeah, uh, I'm giving that one to the North. Uh, so let's move on to the midfield. Uh, so 12-13, the midfield, or the centres, second five and centre, as we say uh, generally in New Zealand. Uh, so for the North, um, we've got Anton Leonard-Brown at 12, Rico Ioane at 13. Uh, for the South, we've got, uh, sorry, losing the spot there, uh, Jack Goodhue at 12 and Braden Enor at 13. So again, you know, the Crusaders have a rock-solid, you know, 12-13 combination going there for the South. Or the South has a rock-solid Crusaders combination going there with uh, Goodhue and Enor at 12 and 13. Um, I would like to see Goodhue uh, be played at 13, um, which sort of seems impossible the way that the South team has been picked and then the makeup of the replacements or the reserves. Uh, I don't think it's going to be possible to see him at 13. But I do believe he's a much better player at 13 than he is at 12. Um, Braden Enor is also like, you know, a, a bit of a utility in terms of he's good at 13 and also good on the wings. Uh, and I think he's pretty untested. They never really played him this year or any other time at 12. So I think you really just have to go with Goodhue at 12. But I think that provides a bit of a mismatch for the North. Um, just in terms of Anton Leonard-Brown, uh, in the absence of Nani La Mape is, you know, the out-and-out class 12 uh, in New Zealand rugby at present. So the North certainly get one up, I think, there with uh, Leonard Brown and Goodhue at 12, respectively. Uh, at 13, though, Rico Iwane taking on Braden Enor. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, both those players are high quality. Both those players can filter out and play wing. They really are up against each other for that sort of like utility role of a center come winger or a winger come center, if you know what I mean. So that is a real sort of all black selections battle going on there. Um, but yeah, what do I think? Uh, I mean, they're, they're two great combinations, um, but I'm gonna give it to the South, uh, even though I'm not particularly impressed or wasn't particularly impressed uh, by Jack Goodhue's, uh, you know, Super Rugby Aotearoa season, which was primarily at 12. I am going to give it to the South, the fact that they've got another sort of crusade, like another very key, very important uh, Crusaders combination uh, with, you know, Goodhue at 12 and Inner at 13. I think those two are going to be out of gel uh, and just, you know, have so much more, like, experience and time together. 
then Anton Leonard Brown and Rico Ioane. Uh, and obviously Rico Ioane, an, an excellent player. He's been very awesome for the All Blacks, for the Blues, uh, for the New Zealand Sevens team uh, over the last sort of, you know, four or five years now. But he really is in the first year of reinventing himself as a centre. So he still has a lot to prove at 13. So yeah, I'm hat-tipping the south there in terms of uh, the midfield. Uh, who do I think has the edge? So uh, into the back three. Uh, so you've got your wingers, 11-14. Uh, your left wing, right wing. And then your fullback, a 15. So let's have a look at the north. What have we got there? So the north have Caleb Clark at 11. They have Sevi Reese at 14 and Damian McKenzie at 15. So yeah, that's a lot of fireworks there. Uh, that's some pretty interesting players, or like just very special, very interesting players. Uh, for the South, uh, they have George Bridge at 11, uh, Will Jordan at 14, and Jordy Barrett at 15. Now, that is a much more dependable uh, back three for the South. And I don't mean that in terms of it being dour and boring. I just mean that you're really going in with, with two, basically two very high quality fullbacks uh, and the likes of you know Will Jordan on the right wing and Jordy Barrett at fullback. Uh, and then you have just the absolute class and dependability of George Bridge uh, on the left wing. You know, in fact, you could probably make the case that you're actually almost going in there or the South is almost going in there with uh, three fullbacks. Uh, obviously, George Bridge is, is, a, is a preferred or starting winger uh, for pretty much every team he plays in, but he certainly is very good at fullback when he gets the opportunity. Uh, and then, you know, Will Jordan, uh, probably an out-and-out fullback, uh, but also, again, very good when he has to switch across to one of the wings. Uh, and then, obviously, that, that can be the same for Geordie Barrett as well, who actually gets the start at 15. So there's certainly, uh, you know, two fullbacks there for the South, and Jordan and Barrett uh, getting starts. And then also, you know, great coverage or like basically George Bridge is another very safe sort of like fullback style pair of hands uh, to have on the left wing. So I think the South are looking really solid, like really composed uh, in that back three. Whereas the North has a huge amount of excitement. I mean, Caleb Clark is one to watch for the future on the left wing. Uh, Sivu Reese, obviously we know what he can do uh, over the last couple of years and it's just, just pure excitement. Uh, and then Damian McKenzie, again, just another classy operator, you know, who you can play at 10, you can play at 15. Uh, you know, you could even shift him to the wing uh, from time to time if needs be. Uh, and obviously he can kick goals, etc. Uh, but you have to think Damian McKenzie, a little bit of a liability in terms of his size. He's a much smaller man than, um, say, Jordy Barrett and or Will Jordan. Um, and he's definitely had some defensive issues. Had some high ball issues, but more importantly, had some you know like cover tackle, final tackle issues uh, in some of the Super Rugby Aotearoa games. He's just not as effective, uh, you know, as as a defensive option uh, at fullback as uh, some of the other bigger guys that are competing there or that can play there. So you know, I'm pretty much I'm actually going with the South there in terms of the the back three. I think you know. Um, you know, George Bridge is just absolute class and quality, uh, and he is essentially the incumbent all-black left winger. Um, and then, you know, Will Jordan, he's playing 14, uh, and Geordie Barrett is playing 15. I mean, that you could throw a blanket over those two. They, you know, Will Jordan, 
in a weird way, you would have to say, you know, Jordy Barrett was probably the best fullback just for, like, meaningful plays, like all the things that he did for the Hurricanes, uh, all, the, all the meaningful plays that he was involved in that produced wins, essentially, uh, for the Hurricanes this year. So you'd have to say that he was kind of like the best fullback um, in Super Rugby Aotearoa, but Will Jordan was probably the best back in Super Rugby Aotearoa, just in terms of, you know, when he was playing fullback, when he was on the wing, when he was in the 23 coming off the bench, etc. He was just amazing. So, you know, the South are really blessed there with three really rock-solid All Blacks slash future All Blacks, uh, you know, uh, to, to choose from. Uh, you know, I, I think I would prefer to have Will Jordan rather than Caleb Clark, if you know what I mean, in terms of who, who really looks likely to really push through into the All Blacks, say, in the next six months to a year. Uh, maybe both of them, but I think Will Jordan is ahead of Caleb Clark, and they're going to go up against each other because uh, Will Jordan is on the right wing and Caleb Clark is on the left wing. So yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty awesome, um, and it will be very interesting to see, uh, you know, George Bridge go up against Severis as well. Like George Bridge on the left wing, Severis on the right. Obviously, you know, two Crusaders buddies, partners, wingers, um, generally speaking, and also even All Black wingers or partners as well. So those those guys play a lot together. So it'll be very interesting to see them mark up against each other as well. But I do kind of feel like. Jordan and um, and Bridge will be able to contain the excitement of Clark and Reese, or contain it fairly well, and then also you know provide their own fireworks, and then I just think the form that Jordy Barrett is in at the moment is going to really show through, and he's going to be more effective than Damian McKenzie uh, in this match as well from fullback, uh, both you know offensively and certainly defensively. So yeah, uh, giving that one to the South. So if you've been keeping record up until this point, uh, I've basically uh, divided the starting 15 kind of into five smaller pods or five smaller squads, uh, a 1 to 5, a 6 to 8, uh, a 9, 10, a 12, 13, and then an 11, 14, 15. So that's sort of like five little, uh, you know, smaller sections, if you will, inside of a 15. Um, so if I just recap that, um, just for, who did I say, one each of those, if you will. So for me, I think the type 5, the 1 to 5, I give that to the south. Uh, the 6 to 8, uh, the loose forwards or the back row, uh, I give that to the north. Uh, the 9-10, the halves, or you know, your 9-10, your halfback first 5, I give that to the north. 12-13, your midfield, you think your centres, I give that to the south. And then the back three, your wingers and fullback, 11, 14, 15, I give that to the south. So I actually kind of give it, if you will, uh, you know, three sections to two to the south in terms of the starting teams, which might be a little bit surprising. I think a lot of people um, would be kind of thinking, wow, you know, the north is the north. There's a lot more players coming out of the north, etc. The north is the big brother, the big boys, or the, you know, the the bigger population, the big brother, they're, they're going to destroy this South team, right? But, you know, I think when you actually, you know, deep dive into it, have a look at who's playing who and, and what position, who's being picked, who's playing uh, in terms of in combinations, especially when you start looking at, like, Crusaders, you know, the likes of Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, and Nepo Lalala, an ex-Crusader, uh, as a front row. 
you know, Sam Whitelock, Mitchell Dunche, uh, again, uh, a Crusaders uh, locking pair. And then you have the likes of, you know, Jack Goodhue, Braden Enor, um, you know, in your midfield. And even, you know, Will Jordan, George Bridge on your wings. Um, you're looking at a lot of, you know, Crusaders, as you'd kind of expect. But you're looking at a lot of Crusaders in key positions where it's really, you know, there really hasn't been a lot of preparation time for this. Um, and it's almost sort of like being played in a festival atmosphere where it will obviously be taken, you know, 100% seriously. But, you know, like in terms of the, the build-up and training, I think it's a little bit more barbarian style than it is, um, you know, like a really structured focused camp before like a test match or something. So I think it's very valuable to have those combinations uh, from super rugby level, if you will, uh, which I guess is maybe I'm sort of still not convinced that Aaron Smith should be on the bench, but perhaps that is why the North has gone in with Perinara, Bowden Barrett as a 9-10, because they are hat tipping to, you know, super rugby, um, you know, combination and experience, and just the fact that those two have played a lot in Wellington, where the game will be played. So perhaps, you know, they've, they've sort of done that, uh, the North, uh, with their halves or their 9-10, but I think the South have done that a lot more effectively over many other sort of areas or positions uh, in their starting 15. So let's move on to just finish it off with the uh, replacements uh, and let's see what we think about that. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's uh, eight replacements for the game to make up your squad of 23. Uh, so I'm going to go through the forward replacements uh, and compare the two teams. And then I'll go through the back replacements, compare the two teams. Uh, and obviously I'll give you who do I think kind of is, uh, who, who do I think basically has, you know, a better forwards bench, who has a better backs bench, if you will. So let's get into it. So with the North, um, there's, they've gone in with five forwards, as you would sort of expect. It's pretty standard in rugby, certainly in New Zealand rugby. Uh, so uh, we've got Ash Dixon at 16, essentially reserve hooker. We've got Aiden Johnston, 17, Angus Ta'aval, 18, uh, reserve props. We've got Scott Scrafton, 19, reserve lock. Uh, and we've got Dalton Papali'i, uh, 20, uh, who's like a utility flanker. So that is the North, or that's what the North has for their uh, reserves or their forward reserves. For the South, uh, they've got Liam Coltman, 16, reserve hooker. They've got George Bauer, 17, Tyrell Lomax, 19, um, sorry, Tyrell Lomax, 18, so sorry, i say that again, Liam Coltman, 16, reserve hooker, uh, George Bauer, 17, Tyrell Lomax, 18, reserve props, and they've got uh, Manaki Selby Rickett, uh, 19, reserve lock, and they've got Dylan Hunt, 20, reserve uh, utility flanker, 7, if you will. So, yeah, looking at those five players for each team, uh, how do I rank that? Well, um, I've actually kind of scored it uh, just in terms of like, you know, one point, no points, or a half point if I think the two teams or the two players are equal. Uh, and I've actually scored the forwards 3-2 or three points to two uh, in terms of uh, what I've got there or what I see there. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I, I would say... Ash Dixon over Liam Coltman, but I think uh, George Bauer and Tyrell Lomax over Aiden Johnston and Angus Ta'aval. Uh, I would say Scott Scrafton over Manaki Selby Rickett, 
and then I think it's pretty much a dead heat between Dylan Hunt and Dalton Papali'i. I, I don't think you can really separate those two. So it's pretty close, but I kind of favor the North there in terms of uh, their forward replacements or their forward reserves. I think they've got a little bit more to give uh, to come on, uh, primarily in that second half. So uh, let's move on to the uh, replacements for the backs. Uh, so three for each team, and let's have a look at that. So for the North, Aaron Smith, 21, uh, backup halfback. Peter Umanga Jensen, 22, uh, reserve midfielder, uh, possibly peripheral winger, I guess, but primarily backing up the midfield. Um, and then Mitchell Hunt, 23, uh, a utility who can cover 10, 15 very easily or very well. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't really say he's one or the other, he's both for sure. So, you know, that's, that's quite a lot of good balance there, I think, from the north. Uh, if we have a look at the south, uh, 21, Finlay Christie, uh, backup halfback. Uh, Josh Yuane, 22, uh, again, a utility role. I think you'd have to say backup 10, but he can certainly play 12 and 15 as well, very well, uh, and he's quite accomplished there at Super Rugby level. And then uh, Lester Fainganuku at 23, who's again, primarily, I think, a backup winger but you can even push him in one to center as well. So yeah, pretty interesting stuff there from the south. Uh, you, would, you wouldn't really say fullback is backed up, although like I have just said a couple of times before, the, the south are almost going in with three fullbacks, certainly going in with like say two out and out fullbacks, and then even the cover of George Bridge from the wing. So I guess, yeah, you don't really need uh, another, any kind of fullback cover there. Um, you know, Josh Iwane, again, I guess could be considered a fourth fullback, if you will. Uh, but really, I think he's going to be backing up, uh, you know, uh, Richie Mwanga and perhaps getting a look at 12. I guess that's sort of maybe how you solve the problem of, uh, you know, Jack Goodhue. Maybe start Jack Goodhue at 12, hope he goes well. But, you know, uh, if, he's, if uh, Anton Leonard Brown is kind of getting the better of him at 12, perhaps you can look to play Josh Iwane as a second playmaker and play him at 12, one outside uh, Richie Mwanga, which would be, again, pretty exciting. That'd be pretty exciting to see in the second half. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, if I look at those those two setups, I mean, obviously Aaron Smith to come on and provide huge energy behind TJ Perinara and provide incredible service to Bowden Barrett if he plays a full 80 uh, at 10, which you would imagine, barring injury, he will. Uh, so that just looks rock solid and really great uh, from the north. Um, if you contrast that, uh, you know, Richie Mwanga again is, you know, like I've said, standout form uh, 10 or first 5 uh, of Super Rugby Aotearoa. I'm sure he'll be playing a full 80 minutes. Um, and obviously he's backed up by Josh Iwane, which is another quality pick. Uh, and then he's going to be getting service from Brad Weber, which is, you know, certainly the best thing that the South can provide. Or he's the best player, the best halfback that the South can provide. Um, but having Finlay Christie to come on and back up Brad Webber, um, just, I really don't agree with that. I don't think Finlay Christie and Richie Moonga have a lot of combination, uh, and I just don't think Finlay Christie is particularly good, uh, in my opinion. I watched him play for a couple of years for the Hurricanes and just wasn't really convinced or sold on uh, what he offers, uh, and I don't even think he was really that great uh, for the Blues this year. I mean, he had patches, he had one or two games or one or two halves, but um, I think he's very lucky to be 
uh, even in the South team, uh, and certainly very lucky to be, uh, you know, getting a, a spot in the 23. I, I really do feel Mitchell Drummond is incredibly unlucky not to be playing 21, coming on in the second half and providing service for, for Richie Mwanga. I think it's definitely a, a missed pick there by the South. Um, and then, you know, like Lester Fanganuku at 23, he's pretty exciting, he's very blockbusting. Um, you know, all, there's, there's sort of shades of, uh, of Nani La Mape about him, uh, but more of a wide-ranging Nani La Mape, more of a, you know, like a, a centre-slash-winger rather than, say, a second five. But there's certainly, you know, a lot of directness about Fanganuku, which will be quite interesting to see uh, with maybe some tired defences uh, towards the end of the match. Uh, and then obviously um, for the north, um, you know, having Peter Umanga Jensen backing up the midfield, I think that's going to be really great. I think that puts a lot of pressure on, you know, Rico Ioane to perform and uh, with his starting role at 13. And I think we'll be seeing some fairly big minutes or, you know, I think we'll see a sizable chunk of, you know, 20, 25 minutes of Peter Umanga Jensen, uh, you know, playing centre outside Anton Leonard-Brown. I, I really do feel like the, the All Black selectors, um, or certainly Ian Foster, is going to definitely want to see that kind of combination. Can that work? Uh, and I guess I guess he also wants to see can Anton Leonard-Brown work with Rico Ioane uh, as, a, as a midfield combo as well. But I really do feel like uh, there's a lot of excitement around Peter Umanga Jensen and what he did, um, certainly over you know the back end, the second part of Super Rugby Aotearoa. And, you know, that the All Blacks are really looking for him as like a future pick. Uh, so he is a bit of a dark horse in, uh, in their thinking, I think. Uh, and who better to play outside than Anton Leonard-Brown, uh, who will be playing, you know, 12 and probably getting a full 80 there. So yeah, some really exciting stuff. Uh, I guess the last pick there is uh, to talk about is, you know, Mitchell Hunt at 23. Essentially, you know, he's uh, backing up fullback and 10, like I said before. Uh, I don't think he'll be playing 10 unless Bowden Barrett gets injured. Um, and, you know, if you have a look at the fullback role, it's kind of covered by Damian McKenzie as well. So again, I feel like Mitchell Hunt is, is there as an out-and-out, like, reserve. He's not really, I don't really feel like the North are going to be looking to play him um, in any sort of meaningful way um, if, you know, things go to plan, which is, you know, Bowden Barrett plays to his standard at 10 and Damian McKenzie plays to his standard at 15. I think... You know, Mitchell Hunt will be pretty much riding the pine for maybe the full 80 minutes uh, if those two are going well, uh, you know, and are injury-free. But, uh, you know, very nice for the North to have uh, the quality of someone like Mitchell Hunt being able to back up, you know, 10-15 uh, in case there are injuries or, you know, even just like shocking performances. Uh, you know, probably you'd have to say maybe from, you know, Damian McKenzie, who's been a little bit of a mixed bag this year uh, with the Chiefs. But yeah, uh, so if I have a look there and I look at the backs, how do I score that? Well, I score it 2-1 uh, to the north. Uh, certainly, you know, Aaron Smith, uh, you know, just dominates uh, Finlay Christie in terms of, you know, a backup halfback. Uh, if you have a look, uh, the 22s and 23s, they don't really pair up. Um, but, you know, Peter Vermunga Jensen backing up that midfield, it seems very logical, you know, that he's going to get 20, 25 minutes and a really good shot uh, outside Anton Leonard-Brown. Um, whereas it's a little bit hard to see what they're doing with Josh Iwane. Again, when you've got uh, Richie Mwanga at 10, and then you've got, um, you know, Jordy Barrett starting 15, who's essentially being, you know, backed up 
from, uh, from the right wing by Will Jordan. Uh, it's kind of a little bit hard to see where do you play Josh Iwane. Uh, perhaps you, you know, like I said, perhaps you, you see him come on and play as a second playmaker outside Moanga, play 12, and you sub out um, Jack Goodhue. Uh, but, you know, that is to be seen, right? Or perhaps you even shift Goodhue one more further out to 13, and, you know, maybe you get a solid sort of 20, 30-minute look at Jack Goodhue playing in his sort of, like, natural uh, kind of better position of 13, of centre, rather than second five or 12. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the South do exactly with uh, Josh Iwane because he was really good uh, in the last, you know, two, three, four weeks of uh, Superbia Aotearoa for the Highlanders. Uh, so I definitely feel like you'll be wanting to use him in some sort of, in some way, shape or form. Uh, Leicester Fyanganuku, again, um, like I've said, uh, very direct runner, very exciting, but a little bit hard to see how you exactly use him and who you would replace him for uh, when you have the class of, uh, you know, George Bridge, Will Jordan, and uh, Geordie Barrett. It's, it's difficult uh, to see exactly where you give Leicester Fyanganuku a shot. I think he's going to be a little bit like Mitch Hunt, and he's going to be riding a serious amount of pine, Essentially, he's going to be an injury backup. I don't think he's going to get much gain uh, if basically, you know, things go to form, if you will. So, yeah, like, so if I add in there, um, I kind of had, I mean, let's just really quickly recap it, or I'll just go through the two uh, teams and just say where I think they're dominant uh, in terms of those, uh, in terms of those, uh, in terms of their squad or, like, sections inside of their squad. So for the North, I think the North dominates uh, six, seven, eight. The the back row of the loose forwards, I think they dominate the halves at nine, ten. Uh, I also think they dominate uh, the forward reserves and the back reserves. So that's going to be pretty important, um, especially if this is tight, uh, which you would probably imagine this game will be uh, going into that final sort of like fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes. Uh, I do think they've got the wood on the south in terms of their uh, both forwards and back reserves. For the south, um, I think they dominate the tight five, one to five. I think they dominate the midfield, 12-13, with that Crusaders um, pairing. Uh, and I think they dominate the back three uh, with uh, the Crusaders wingers, uh, well, Will Jordan plus George Bridge, as well as, um, you know, the very, very um, nice pickup of, you know, Geordie Barrett being able to start and play fullback for the south as well. So, yeah, that's sort of the way I see it. It's, it's a real, really, really, really close battle. You know, like, it's just two high-quality teams. They match up very well, as you would imagine. Uh, and, you know, when you kind of break it down into smaller sections around the field, uh, again, you know, both the North and the South kind of have, uh, you know, areas where they're kind of dominant uh, and maybe a few areas where they're a little bit weaker. Um... Maybe I'll just quickly go through the very, very last thing I want to do. I've kind of talked around these players already, but I'm just going to mention them one more time very succinctly, uh, just because for me, these are sort of players that I feel maybe shouldn't be starting and or shouldn't be in the 23. These are just, these are just my opinion, or these are picks, I think, um, that are not good picks, basically, uh, from either the North or South, or south uh, you know, coaching management setup. Uh, and I think that I think I need to make that statement before I actually tell you who I think is going to win this match, because it, it really does help, or it, it really does, you know, give some. Uh, what would you say? It like kind of backs up some of the reasoning as to why I might be picking, you know, or what team I'm going to be picking, or telling you I'm going to pick. 
for this one. So if we have a look at the north, um, I've got issues with uh, three players. Uh, the, f the first key player for me is uh, Tupu Fai, uh, you know, starting at five. Uh, I really do not understand that pick. I think Scott Grafton should definitely have been starting five uh, and working in combination with Patrick Tuipilotu. Again, Scott Grafton and Patrick Tuipilotu both played at the Blues for a number of seasons before this year. So you would think that with the limited training time, etc., you would want to have that combination really locked down uh, when you're, you know, for the start of the match. So I think Tupuva'i uh, starting ahead of Scott Scrafton is uh, just a, it's not, not a good pick for, uh, in my opinion, and it seriously weakens um, the North's uh, tight five there uh, when you look at the experience that they're up against in the South. It just, it just makes that gap even wider uh, so yeah, Scott Grafton should have been starting, in my opinion, at 5. Um, I've also got an issue with Hoskins Satutu starting at 8. Again, like I said, uh, he looked very good at the start of the year, looked very good at the start of Super Rugby Aotearoa, picked up an injury, wasn't really able to get back onto the field, um, and basically the Blues didn't really miss him. I mean, that is a bit of a key. Uh, and the reason why they didn't really miss him was because Akira Yuane was playing great at 8. He really stepped up and, you know, played awesome uh, for the Blues at 8. So, you know, I think having Hoskins Tutu start at, at 8, Akira Yuane start at 6, that didn't really go that well for the Blues uh, earlier in the year. It didn't go badly, but it didn't really, those two didn't really work that well uh, in tandem. Uh, so I think, again, the North are sort of weakening their uh, 6, 7, 8. I still think they have a dominant back row or loose forwards. Uh, but I think they've weakened it a little bit. I think it would have been better to start with Akira Yuane at 8, Ari Savera at 7, um, and then Dalton Papali'i um, at 6, or even possibly Lachlan Boshia, who I believe was in the North squad, uh, but hasn't been picked in the 23. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I probably would have gone at that with uh, you know Papali'i and um, Ari Savera starting. Yeah, but anyways... That is what it is. Um, and then, you know, just for the North, my final uh, pick that I that I can't really agree with is TJ Perinara. Um, I've sort of tried to rationalize it while I've been talking on this podcast, just in terms of like, well, they're picking Perinara because the game's in Wellington. You know, they're picking Perinara because, you know, Bowden Barrett's starting 10 and they want to give Barrett more confidence. And, you know, those two have a great relationship or a very long, you know, deep relationship with the Hurricanes, etc. Um, you know, and maybe that is just inspired genius, I don't know, but in, but in order to do that, you have to bench Aaron Smith, which is just ridiculous to me, like, the form that Aaron Smith has showed over the last, you know, three months has just been undeniable, uh, he is, you know, far away uh, the best halfback in the world, so he should be starting nine for the North, uh, they've really missed a trick there. Again, I still think the, the North have 9-10 locked down. I still think the North have a better, uh, you know, 9-10, uh, especially when you incorporate, you know, who's backing up 9, who's backing up 10 uh, on the reserves uh, for both teams. But I just feel like uh, you've kind of weakened uh, your advantage by having Perinara start rather than coming off the bench to finish out the game. Uh, so if I go to the South, uh, do I have any issues there? Uh, well, I have an issue, I have no issue at all with uh, the Type 5. I mean, it's an incredibly good Type 5. Uh, and I have no issue at all with Shannon Frizzell at 6. 
So, I mean, they really do have a, a high quality, basically all blacks, uh, you know, less Mitchell Dunche, but, you know, he's got that incredible, or yes, that ability to have basically played a season or two now with uh, Sam Whitelock. So, you know, I feel like his combination with Whitelock plus basically an all black front row, um, you know, South are looking amazing, looking a million dollars. Then to back that up with Shannon Frizzell at six, I mean, that's just an incredible, you know, tight five plus, you know, blindside six. Um, Tom Christie, like I said, he'll be honest, he'll do a job. He's probably playing maybe a little bit above himself, I think. Maybe he's a year early, two years early uh, for this game and being really influential. I certainly think Adi Savia will dominate him there. Um, and then Tom Sanders. I definitely have a bit of an issue with Tom Sanders. Don't have an issue with uh, Tom Christie. Good luck to him. I think he'll do well. He'll be honest. But I think Tom Sanders is definitely very lucky uh, to be in the South squad, uh, to be in the South 23, and then to be starting eight for South. Uh, I think that's a, a very lucky pick for him. Uh, like I said before, um, I probably would have rolled the dice a little bit and actually moved that rock piece that is Shannon Frizzell. I would have moved him to eight, uh, you know, kept Tom Christie at seven, and then had Dylan Hunt at six. And then maybe you could have had Tom Sanders on the bench as sort of like six, eight cover. That's probably what I would have done, or I think that would have maybe strengthened uh, your back row or like, you know, loose forwards for the south. Uh, and they're already under the pump there, I think, when you look at, you know, Adi Savia, Akira Iwane, uh, and Hoskins Satutu. Uh, if you have a look at the south backline, there's just absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's an awesome backline. You know, Weber and Moanga as your halves. Uh, Goodhue and Eno, the Crusaders, you know, uh, midfield pairing. You know, George Bridge, Will Jordan, Jordy Barrett. It's just, that's incredible. That's an awesome, you know, backline. And I think I just cannot complain or cannot argue with that at all. Uh, and the only thing that I would argue with for the South is on their reserves, it would be uh, Finlay Christie. Uh, you know, again, like I just said a couple of times before, I don't really rate him, uh, no disrespect, but I just haven't seen enough from him over a number of seasons. Pretty surprised. Um, well, I'm not surprised that he's in the South, uh, say, team or the South squad, but I'm pretty surprised that he made the 23, and then I'm very surprised... Uh, sorry, I, I'm not surprised that he made the squad, but I am very surprised that he made the 23 uh, a, a ahead of Mitchell Drummond. I really do feel Mitchell Drummond should have been backing up uh, Brad Weber. Again, providing that continuity um, you know, at the back end of a game. Mitchell Drummond is a good finishing halfback, and he'd be able to work with Richie Mwanga for that final sort of maybe 20, 25 minutes of the game, um, you know, and really give a good one-two punch with Brad Weber. So I think South Island missed a trick there with Finlay Christie. You learn something new every day. So Anchor FM, shout out. Um, you can only do one hour of recording and then it stops the recording or it stops the segment. So that was a little bit disappointing as I was literally like one or two minutes away from pretty much finishing out the podcast and I reached my 60 minute limit. So... Here's a sort of cheeky, weird, little uh, edited part two, hopefully, uh, that will make a bit of sense or sound not too bad for you. Uh, apologies uh, if it sounds a bit weird. But yeah, kind of coming back to this uh, sort of 20 minutes later and after I got cut off uh, by Anchor FM. Um, so yeah, something for me to note in the future. cannot do a section or a segment longer than 60 minutes. So yeah, part two. Um, who's going to win it was pretty much what I wanted to just sign off with for a couple of minutes. 
and here I am back to tell you who's going to win it. So I think the South's going to win it. So yeah, um, it's very even, it's very close, it's very tight. Uh, the North's probably edge the South in terms of uh, you know back reserves, uh, sorry, uh, forward and back reserves. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit silly of me. Uh, but I only really see them having dominance uh, in the back row and perhaps at 9-10. Uh, and that dominance at 9-10 is really just based on the fact that, you know, Perinara and Bowden Barrett, the kind of old firm, if you will, uh, are back again in Wellington. But really the class, um, the form and class at present is very much with uh, Richie Mwanga. And I think, you know, the service that he's going to get from Brad Webber uh, should be able to, you know, nullify uh, what the former Hurricanes pairing can do for the North. Um, you know, and it really does leave you with the South being dominant in the Type 5, uh, looking very good with, uh, with Goodhue and Enor as a midfield combination, and I think they have a superior uh, back three as well with, uh, you know, Bridge, Will Jordan, uh, and Jordy Barrett. So, yeah, I'm actually giving this one to the South, uh, which might be a little bit unexpected. I think most people from the outside, maybe even most people in New Zealand, uh, you know, think of the North as the big brother, have all the talent, have all the resources, etc. But I think the way that these two teams match up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with the South. Um, picking a margin, picking a score, that could be very difficult because obviously there's not a lot of form to track here. Um, it's just a one-off game. Uh, I think it'll be, well, I mean, I guess that will be weather-dependent again. Wellington can be notoriously very hostile uh, towards games of rugby, uh, you know, especially if a storm front moves in uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, you'd have to take in the weather conditions, which I certainly don't know, um, you know, a couple of days beforehand, speaking to you from Taiwan. Um, but, yeah, you know, like if it's a relatively normal day in Wellington, I would expect, um, you know, a little bit of a high-scoring affair. Um, and I think I'm going to give it to the South. I think the South wins this by four. So, yeah, I'm going with the South to win, the South to win by four. So, yeah, uh, hopefully that's a little bit interesting for you. Um, and, yeah, let me know what you think uh, if you want. Uh, so, yeah, just signing off, signing out now. Um, yeah, learn a little bit of a podcasting lesson there with Anchor. Got to keep uh, segments to less than an hour. So, yeah, like I've just said a couple of times there, I'm using Anchor FM to do these audio podcasts. On the whole, it's been uh, pretty enjoyable or pretty good for me. Uh, so, yeah, please find me at Anchor and or Spotify. Um, those are probably the two places while I'm recording using Anchor. And I often, if I recheck and re-listen to these podcasts, I use Spotify. Um, if you go to Anchor, there's maybe five, five to ten different uh, podcasting platforms that you can listen to the Rugby Gods podcast on. So, you know, find the one that suits you. Uh, hopefully it's there. Uh, not using YouTube pretty much at the moment or really at all. Uh, probably won't really use it again. Maybe the occasional very, very short video. Uh, but yeah, going to pretty much keep these things to audio. Try and run them through uh, Anchor FM. Um, trying to get myself a little bit more motivated to be on Twitter as well, but I really don't use it, don't really even want to use it, but I think it's probably a good place to try and put things uh, like a podcast, like I'm doing here. Uh, so yeah, I will try and keep a little bit more on top of Twitter. What I really do do is use uh, Facebook. Um, I've got a Facebook page uh, called The Rugby Gods Podcast, so please, uh, if you use Facebook, 
search for the Rugby Gods podcast and give me a like or a follow. Uh, send me a message or a comment there. That'd be awesome because that's kind of what I use uh, in my you know daily life, personal life, whatever. Uh, and I'm also using it for um, you know uh, for this podcast. So that's enough from me. Uh, I think the South are going to win it. They're going to win it by four. If the weather behaves itself, it should be a pretty high-quality, high-scoring match. Um, so yeah, we'll be interested to see uh, what happens. And obviously, we'll go to town on the match and do a pretty intense, pretty big deep dive, I think, uh, on Monday um, next week. So thanks a lot for listening. Uh, leave it there. Uh, Kakite anoa. I hope things are well with you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.